This is the Open Forum Podcast. Welcome to episode six of the Open Forum Podcast. My name is Mike Miller, joined by my co-host, Mike Martinez, to bring you the news, helpful insight, and more from the world of physical education. Happy Halloween, Mike. Happy Halloween to you, buddy. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. This, this is a, a fun time of year for me. I feel like I'm just about getting to that point where the year really feels like it's in full swing. You know, we're definitely done with rules, routines, procedures, and really starting to get into the, the meat and potatoes of some of our units um, and starting to look long term as to what the rest of the year has in store for us. How about you? Uh, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the, a good feel of my classes. They're, they're going smoothly. We're into team games and uh, everything, everything looks really, really good. Um, and when personally, when I get to this point now, I am figuring out what can I change to increase my skill output, to increase learning, to increase cooperation, all of those things. One, one thing I look really towards is how can I develop professionally? Like what else can I add to my arsenal? What else can I add to my toolbox that can take this already great instruction, in my opinion, uh, to the next level? It's such an important point. I think. As teachers, obviously, we want to continue our own learning curve Mm -hmm. and keep picking up new tricks and finding better ways to do old things or new ways to do new things or just new things in general. And I think a a great way to do that is to really dive headfirst into the larger learning community. For some of us, that's going on Twitter, other, you know, Facebook, social media uh, PE Central, any other of your favorite yeah. websites to visit games, visit games for sure. For a lot of us, uh, myself included, yourself included, mm-hmm. it's reaching out to PE conferences, whether it's local, state, regional, or national conferences, as a way to just keep learning from others, sharing with this amazing physical education professional network that we have, and again, just keep f- figuring out new ways to do great things in the classroom. Right, and one thing that I've really been enjoying because i've really been on my conference game the last uh three years i've had a lot of great opportunities to go to conferences and meet people and the 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 biggest thing for me is that i communicate online especially via twitter with all of these people all these pe all-stars and then you have a chance to meet them in person and shake their hand and and pick their brain like face to face Mm -hmm. it's crazy and the the networking is such a huge thing for me personally because you can i mean at least the way i i am i can try to convey ideas and gather as much as i can but there's nothing like a face-to-face conversation agreed i am at the point now i would say i've probably been going to conferences on a on a regular basis now probably for the last four or five years or so i didn't really understand when i first graduated and first started in in the profession why they were such a big deal to go to and why they were so important. And I was totally overwhelmed with the first one I went to. The first one was, uh, was the New York State mm-hmm. conference up in Turning Stone Casino in yep. Verona, New York. It was it was very overwhelming. I, I didn't know what to expect. There were sessions all over the place. I didn't know which ones to choose. I think I've gotten to a point now where I'm almost more excited for the informal talks and chats. The first time I went to Turning Stone, I was like, woohoo, because it's always the week before Thanksgiving break. Correct. So I was like, woohoo, I can, you know... Start my break a little bit early and kind of, you know, go have fun with, you know, other people, like-minded people in Turning Stone. And then you get there and you walk into the session rooms and you walk into that registration and there's just such a buzz Mm -hmm. that goes on 
and that's not only at, at AFERD, but other conferences, that there's just so much good vibe and buzz going on around what people are doing in their classrooms, how can people help other people, how the phys ed community and the health community are trying to take our games to the next level and really legitimize uh, what's happening and to really promote the uh, concept of physical literacy, which is really exciting. And I think you hit the nail on the head to bring up the topic of just being in a room mm -hmm. with like-minded people. Yeah. I can't tell you between New York State Aford, uh, shape Boston last year, uh, PE Institute this past yeah, summer. Huge. How, how many? How many informal, you know, non-agenda sessions take place in the lobby of a hotel or in 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 a hallway somewhere or in between sessions? I remember in Boston last year, Joey Fight held a informal technology session in like the little lounge area <laughs> of the Sheraton or whatever hotel we were staying in. There's just so many brilliant people who are all in it for the same reason, who probably in all likelihood do things a little bit differently than I do, than you do. And it's just great to hear different mindsets and different techniques and different strategies to do a lot of the same things that we're doing, but just to switch things up a little bit. I was actually, uh, I believe last year was the year of the Tabata where everybody was like releasing and promoting and, and doing so many cool things with the Tabata interval um, format and I picked that up at the state conference last year in Turning Stone and it's become a cornerstone mm -hmm. of what I do every day. Something just as easy as a four minute warm up routine. Absolutely. It's, it's been the cornerstone of my teaching ever since. And thanks to you picking that up and making that such an important part of your arsenal, it has now become an important part of my arsenal just from our dealings together. Yeah. I had not even heard of Tabata until, yeah. until you kind of introduced it, you know, casually in conversation. Yeah. And the more I started looking into it, I found certain apps that I can share with kids, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's a warm up or part of our fitness routine, the kids have totally bought into it. They, I'm a firm believer that, you know, again, you can do anything for 40 seconds or for a minute <laughs> yeah. and, and, and they, they buy into that mentality as well. Yeah. They, 20 seconds, you work as hard as you can for 20 seconds, and then you get 10 seconds off. Um, I did, I'm, I, I was finishing up fitness the end of September, and one of our days was just Tabata workouts. I called them six-minute workouts, and it was six exercises for a minute each in the Doug Halberg matrix format, right? So, oh, and I was talking about matrices and matrix and I told the kids to go back and tell their algebra teacher that I was talking about matrices in class and she approached me later in the day and she was like, Coach Miller, I heard uh, I heard you're doing a little math in PE today. I said, Psh, you darn right I did. Cross-curricular right um, there. <laughs> and they, they loved and they were working really, really hard. I was actually really impressed with the effort. And then they come back two days later because I have them every other day. They come back two days later and I'm like, okay. We're going to start with our Tabata warm-up. Um, last, last class, we did, you know, minute blocks. And I would I told you you were able to work a little bit, rest a little bit, work a little bit, rest a little bit inside that one minute. But today, 20 seconds, you need to be moving the entire time. Because, mm. like, you can do it. And I've seen you do it. So, you know, just on, like, a little tangent, just, just something as little as that can just totally up the game in your classroom. Absolutely. And, again, these are little tips, tricks, new routines new topics to add to, to a curriculum that I don't think people would normally get unless you're locked into a building or a room with other, you know, fantastic PE teachers who are just dying yeah. to share what's working in their classrooms. 
I mentioned a few seconds ago how I I didn't really know what conferences were all mm -hmm. about when I first graduated. I, I'm guessing a lot of undergrads, you know, future professionals are in the same boat. How would you advertise a conference? Like, like, like what is a conference in a nutshell? Well, the the cool thing about and we're going to talk about like individual conferences in a little bit, but the cool thing about the state conference is that in that area of Verona slash Syracuse, you have so many, uh, primarily state schools, but so many schools that have really great PE programs that just flood these sessions with with people, with mm -hmm. you know people that are learning the profession, people that are motivated to attend and pick up and absorb anything they possibly can because they're still learning to teach. That is a base in and of itself. So you advertise to the local P programs and you get word out on Twitter and you promote through professional channels like state associations and things like that. And you really try to create create this crowd again of like minded people to to flesh out all of all of these uh conference experiences. I love walking the halls of Turning Stone when we go to the state conference and just seeing the number of SUNY Brockport shirts mm -hmm. being worn, SUNY Cortland shirts, Canisius shirts, and just seeing the the younger generation, if you will, who are already so committed to their mm -hmm. learning. And I try to have conversations with them in passing whenever I can, because I feel like it can be overwhelming to take in all that information yeah. over a three-day period. You know, you see people with their iPads out trying to record sessions or taking notes, and I think that's all great. Realistically, I think if you can come away from a conference with three, six, maybe ten, like great ideas that you can immediately impact and, you know, and immediately add into your program, that you're at least going to try, right? Yeah, I think it's a huge win. Then I feel like if you try to commit everything to memory, then go home for the weekend, then come back Monday, you probably forgot ninety percent of what you saw. So I definitely do recommend some form of, of note taking system, whatever works best for you. I like to record great sessions that I'm in. Yeah. So I can go back and you know re-listen to the the cues, the directions, and and see how those transitions take place as you know to add into my arsenal. Personally, I like to team up with somebody because I like to be active in the active sessions. So sure. when you're active in the active sessions, yeah, you pick up a lot, but you might miss like those little nuanced details that you might need, and you might remember most of the activity, but then forget one of those little details. So having a having a partner in crime, having an associate, having a, a sidekick uh, to take notes and maybe record is a really good idea. Speaking of teaming up, if you remember a couple of years ago when we brought our whole our, our whole network of yeah, teachers, like nineteen of us, absolutely, that's a great way too to team up with somebody mm -hmm. and say, hey, we both want to go to these six sessions. Why don't you take these three? I'll take these three, and we can compare notes afterwards. Yeah, so you don't miss anything, right? So you're you're getting even more information and more bang for your buck that way, which I think is pretty brilliant so we're talking a lot about the um new york state aford conference and you and i have both attended that for multiple years but what what other conferences have have you gone to uh just in the past year alone i i did the new york city aford conference mm -hmm. here here in brooklyn new york state up you know upstate in verona which is right outside of syracuse uh shape boston which is the national conference and as i mentioned the pe institute so I, i've seen four different levels mm -hmm. if you will it's really interesting to me to see the difference in size and in what's offered. It seems like they're all very similar in structure, mm -hmm. but it feels like the, the the city or the local, the regional ones, obviously are a little bit smaller because just in your area. The state ones are pretty big, pretty yeah. robust. 
the national one, I felt like I was at the Super Bowl of, of <laughs> PE conferences last year. There was just it, it felt like hundreds of thousands. That's one experience people. I haven't had yet. I'm really I'm really excited because I think I'm going to Nashville this year, which will so. be an amazing time. Yeah. And just when you thought it couldn't get any better, PE Institute seemed to bring all the like the PE All Stars from Shape Boston, yeah. mm-hmm. people coming from all around the world to this conference. So I, I've seen a couple different levels of, of these experiences. How about you? I my my big attendance every year is the New York State Conference because it's just such a great resource. But I've been to um, I haven't been to the City Aford Conference, but I've been to like one of the smaller zone conferences mm-hmm. which like one of the mini conferences which was pretty it was pretty good um there were like there was one really great session actually at that one on uh liability and safety and what that all means the the legal jargon that kind of stuff and it, it was very very informative so that and that goes back to you know you pay 25 dollars to go to one of these you know small conferences and if you pick up one or two or three things that you didn't know before it's it's totally worth it um but i have not been to the the shape conference but i was fortunate enough to go to p institute this past summer and that was amazing it was absolutely you know two two big rooms two big activity rooms then there were about four or five smaller activity rooms and then two small classrooms or three small classrooms but the the names and the topics were just so robust and so amazing. And I really wasn't there in a capacity where I could sit at an entire session. Mm-hmm. So I got to jump around to all these different sessions and, and get snippets from, from everything. And even in that capacity, it was, it was a tremendous experience. And it goes back to being able to sit in the same room with these amazing teachers and just talk to them and pick their brains and be be able to open that dialogue on a professional level that you might not necessarily get uh, over the internet. And actually another format that I've been experienced uh, that I've had experience in is that every year I I'm a Cortland grad. So every year we would have a mini conference mm-hmm. at SUNY. We would host one at SUNY Cortland and the phys ed majors club would facilitate the entire the entire experience so we would be presiding over sessions we would be making sure people knew where to go so i kind of have that experience from the back end facilitating these experiences for other educators which you you kind of look at it you kind of look at when you attend a conference in a little bit of a different light mm-hmm. when you've seen the backside of it so to speak right absolutely i feel like thinking about the, how fortunate I've been to go to so many different conferences in a year. I think of, again, either the undergrad or the first-year teacher, you know, younger, newer teacher, who might have a variety of different barriers mm-hmm. that don't allow them to go to conferences. What are some of the things that would stop a teacher from being able to attend? Well, there's there's money. Mm-hmm. Money is the, the biggest thing. Not a lot of... Districts have the availability to fund teachers going to these conferences, so then it falls it falls on the educator. Mm-hmm. And and when I say money, it, it not only means paying my conference fees because not a lot of districts pay for conference for conference fees. Some of them do, which is very very fortunate. But even just to give that teacher time off to go right. to these conferences to um, disrupt instruction with their kids to get a day or two to go to these experiences obviously 
you know, the, the risk reward, the, you know, give and take of a teacher going to a conference, in my opinion, is so much more on the reward side because you come back with all these great ideas just to up your instruction. But, uh, that's, that's one of the big, the big things is, is money and the availability to, for, to have these teachers go out to these experiences. Right. I think over the last few years, it's been important to me to look a big picture as to which conferences I really want to attend, which ones are non-negotiables that I absolutely have to go to, and then just kind of budget out time, budget out money to make sure that those things can come to fruition. I'm very fortunate that my school has paid for me in the past to go to some of these conferences, which mm-hmm. is a huge load off, yeah. and have given me the time. I think if you, again, the the benefit to, to go into one of these, and I, I want to go back to something you mentioned before, speaking of the benefits, I don't want people to get confused and think that it's just activities where we're just learning new games, which is, yeah. again, a huge part of it. But there's so many sessions that speak to so many different parts mm-hmm. of what we do. You mentioned the the liability session, which is more of a cognitive, you know, yeah. s- sitting and learning. If, if you're a health teacher, if you teach health, there are always, always at least, you know, a third of the sessions at the state conference are all revolving around health ed. Right. And there's the sessions about universal design mm-hmm. and adapted PE, sessions on coaching, on methods, obviously activities being a large portion of it as well. But really anything you're looking to learn more about, there is an opportunity for an expert to drop an hour to an hour and a half of information on you. I went to a session last year at the State Aid for Conference about the the step going from teacher to administrator. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was and that was a really great session. And that and that wasn't something that I was necessarily looking to do, but just to kind of know that that side of it. Right. If you're someone who I think is concerned about the the financial part of it, I would say reach out to your your district, reach out to your yeah. athletic director. Some districts, like you mentioned, do have money earmarked mm-hmm. for professional development that teachers don't even know about. Right. So if no one else is going to any conferences in the area, why not be the person who gets to jump on that on that bandwagon? Then they might not even advertise the fact that there's money available because then that goes back into their budget if it's not used for sure. you know equipment and fields and like that kind of stuff. Right. And if you have personal days or days that you can use for development, mm-hmm. I think identifying at least one conference is a great step yeah. to growing your craft as a professional, which also is another reason why I loved the PE Institute so much this summer. And again, huge shout out to Artie Camilla yeah. who puts this on every year. Amazing. I don't know how he gets the Mount Rushmore it's of presenters every single year. The, the PE celebrities. But he definitely pulls it <laughs> off. And I think the reason why it attracts the best of the best every year is because it's over the summer. Yeah. So it's not interrupting personal days. People who are going are the ones who really, really, really mm-hmm. want to be there. You're paying out of pocket. You're taking your own vacation time to increase your craft. Uh, it, it doesn't hurt that it's in Asheville, North Carolina, which is <laughs> an absolutely beautiful city and you know a yeah. great area to be in. But I, I can't speak highly enough about it. I think it is very important to try to make this part of your overall growth and development as a teacher. For absolutely. Sure. So us having both been to several conferences, what do you feel is like your number one, like if you had an ESPN top 10 of conference moments, what would be your number one? <sighs> I mean, I've had so many great experiences thinking particularly to shape Boston, which was my mm-hmm. first national conference and thinking just a couple months ago to PE Institute. I think the highlight for me so far, and probably cause it's the freshest in my mind was attending the U S game social Yes, in Asheville this past summer as part of the <laughs> PE Institute. 
It was not, uh, I guess, officially part of the conference. It, it, but it is. But it is. It, it's a, it's, it's part a of networking the, opportunity. Absolutely. And, and that's what I enjoyed about it so yeah. much. It was a tremendous day of learning, followed by just an all-out party with everyone who we just spent time with in sessions, getting to know, actually getting to know people, finding out where people are from, what what grades they teach, and having conversations about sessions they went to that day, things they're doing in their classroom. I feel like I left there with like a hundred new best friends. It wasn't me on stage. Uh, you on stage definitely helped as well. I mean, because that was my <laughs> that was my favorite part of the US Game Social. Between you emceeing <laughs> and Ben Perillo and Scott Williams. Oh my goodness. You know, rocking the dance floor. I got so many hits on Instagram for that. That was that was fantastic. This is what happens when you put 150 PE teachers in a room together and give them uh, a loud DJ. Absolutely. Again, just being around that many, you know, hundreds of yeah. like minded individuals yeah. and again getting to have personal conversations that go beyond just that one hour that we were together in sessions. I, I think that was one of the highlights for sure for me. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the social. Um, I feel man, there's, it's, t- it's tough to narrow it down, but I would say last year, um, well, there's, it's, it's a tie between uh, two. My first year going to the state conference was that year that we were able to bring 19 of us to um, the New York state aid for conference. And the the really great thing about professional uh, organizations, and we'll probably talk about that at a, a, a different show, but there is so much opportunity and there's so much gratitude and communication that happens around people going to these events. And we had 19 people all from the same network go. And we were recognized at the J.B. Nash um, Awards dinner, which was really, really, really cool. That was awesome. Um so that was that's that's in my top ten. But that very same year, I was able to go to um, a John Jones session. Yes, and it was a phenomenal session, an activity session, like one of those sessions where you're like, oh, okay, you know, I'll jump in, and then you walk out of there and you're drenched. Mm-hmm. You're like, I need to take lunch off to go back to my room and take a shower because I'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm toast, and then. After that session, because it was one of like the later sessions in the in the conference, mm-hmm. and after that session, being able to, I was helping John with his equipment and stuff like that, and just picking his brain about a whole bunch of stuff and how, and how open and great he was about sharing those ideas and talking to me, who you know I just kind of like walked up and started talking to him, and how open he was to just, you know, help me out and hey, here's my email if you need anything, and that was one of those one of my first like real core networking opportunities that I was able to able to facilitate um, is probably one of one of my coolest conference moments. If that was your one of your first networking sessions, then you definitely started with a very, very high yeah. bar, sir. Yeah. I had the opportunity to spend a good amount of time with John this summer. At P Institute. Uh, yeah. I saw him present in Aford at New York State Aford. Mm-hmm. I saw him present in Boston and then spent a good chunk of time with him in Asheville. And I actually, ref- I, I think it was the same session that you were talking to. I, I told him that going to that session w- was the sole reason that made me a believer in conferences. Yeah. I thought I was a pretty decent teacher, <laughs> and I realized how far I am <laughs> from being where I want to be. Uh, if you're, uh, John's located in the Virginia area, yeah. but he but he presents all over the country. If you ever see his name on your Go. conference agenda, please, please, Go. please make the time. He is an absolute rock star. And if you see him after, he'll he'll teach you a really cool dice game. 
<laughs> More on that to come. <laughs> no money involved. Just, you know, laughs. And, just good old-fashioned fun. Um, so one last thing that I, I want to kick around before we kind of put a bow on this. We've talked a lot about the conference experience, the difference between your first time going. How do you think the conferences have changed for you? Or better yet, how do they change for a first-year teacher or someone going for their first time versus like a 20-year vet? I'll speak on that because, like I said, I've really only had experiences going for the past you know, few years. And it, I don't think the overall the overall dynamic has changed all that much in the last few years. Mm -hmm. But as far as going from a pre-professional to an actual professional is, is huge because if, <clears throat> if I'm a, a major, right, and I'm going to these conferences, I'm trying to absorb everything I possibly can to get as many tools in my toolkit as I possibly can. And there's just such a wide, a wide scope and you want to go to everything and you want to see as much as you can, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But now I will take an hour, two hours the night before the first day of a conference and very carefully pick out, you know, what I'm interested in. What can I see if I go to this session and it's not that great, not what I think it's going to be. What can I back myself up in to to strategically attack every single session I possibly can. So for me personally, it's that scope. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the scope is real big when you're a pre-professional because you're just trying to get as much as possible. And then once you're in your in your classroom and you're and you have these things that you go to all the time and you have your repertoire, then it's okay. What are the things that can strengthen what I already do? Mm -hmm. Or Ooh, you know, maybe this is going to throw a curveball into what I do every day. You know, I'm going to go see half of that session and just strategically attack as many experiences as possible. For sure. And I, I like that approach too. Uh, the difference between seeing what's offered and matching up with what you're looking for versus being a little bit more experienced and saying, these are what, th these are the areas that I'm looking to improve. What are those sessions? And mm -hmm. not being afraid to say, you know what, this session's not living up to my expectations. I'm going to go bounce somewhere else. Yeah. There's no hard feelings when that happens. No. I think it's better to, you know, because even though it's a, a full three, four, or five-day experience, that time is pretty limited and it's pretty precious. So I would say don't be afraid to say, you know what, this session's not, you know, I'm not getting what I wanted out of it. Let me head somewhere else and, and make the most of it. For me, I think the first year I went, I was in that same boat of just seeing what was out there and being excited to be a part of it all. I think over the last two or three years, I started to, again, narrow my focus a little bit towards how can I make this work for me? As I'm going into my fourth, fifth, maybe sixth year of attending these conferences, I'm starting to get more involved with actually presenting yeah. at these conferences and, and seeing what can I, you know, what do I think is working really, really well in my program that I have to offer. I was fortunate enough to present at New York City Aford, at New York State, and at Boston last year, um, presenting again at New York State this year. So if you're in the Turning Stone area... Hey, come check me out. <laughs> um, and even if you don't, let's say, have the initiative or the intestinal fortitude to get up in front of, you know, all these professionals and present, you can preside. You know, the, I, I really haven't had so much time to put together a presentation. Um, I might jump into some at Nashville, but presiding is huge. Presiding is a great way to instantly network with these big names that present everywhere because you are their right-hand person inside of that presentation. So um, I've been presiding at the state conference the past two years. The first year I had one. Last year I had three. 
they were a little short on presiders, so they had a lot of people doing kind of overtime. And, you know, even something as little as reading out somebody's names and qualifications to make sure the tech works. Like, you are contributing to not only that presentation being a success, but those teachers in the room being able to get that experience. And to speak to that a little further, I will admit the first time I presented, I presented a session with Nick Klein and Brandon Herwick, which I was... That's... that's tough absolutely like, that's for your first for your first um presenting experience absolutely terrified <laughs> walking into the room i was hoping for maybe you know 50 to 100 people we All easily stars. had yeah. two 250 in that room i was in that session and the only thing i can liken it to is that scene in the movie old school where mm-hmm. will ferrell kind of blacks out and gives like a road scholar <laughs> type speech like i don't remember anything about the conference that was an instant activity session yeah yes yeah i just remember the session started i remember movement and people and music and high fives and handshakes and hugs and then it was over <laughs> from, from what i heard it went really well but yeah it was very very daunting at first there's it's kind of like a picture your best class that you have in your school it's like that times 10 there's you know <laughs> hundreds of people who are coming out to learn they're eager and you're just basically sharing your best stuff with them it's a super super experience i highly recommend it for anyone who's yeah, interested. absolutely I'm really looking forward to Shape Nashville this year. I, I want to add a big national conference to my repertoire. Mm-hmm. I got the the taste of of Asheville and PE Institute this year, and I'm just so excited to hopefully get the time off to go to Nashville. I so. hope to see you there. I hope to see everyone who's listening there as well. There are no shortage of big-time conferences coming up. Every state AFERD conference, I'm sure, is right up there with the, the New York State experience. So reach out to your state's AFERD. Find out when those conferences are and make sure you get signed up. I know some of the ones that are kind of on my radar, maybe not to go to, but at least to check in with, are the New York State yeah. one, which is coming up November 15th, 15th through 18th, the 18th yeah. in Verona, New York. There is the Shape Central District Conference in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is January 25th through 27th. Uh, right around the same time, the Eastern District Conference in Burlington, Vermont, which I'm also hoping to get to January 28th through 30th. And as Mike has mentioned already, the Shape Nashville, the the big yeah. kahuna <laughs> coming up March 20th through 24th in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, if you are interested in going to these experiences, go ahead and get on the, the interwebs and get to their websites because a lot of times they have early bird registration specials, so yes. it won't cost you that much. Um, they also have blocked rooms for... Uh, hotel accommodations, so that'll which, save you a which buck. Fill up, which fill up quick, which, too. Yeah, especially at uh, at Turning Stone, they fill up very, very quickly. So uh, the the best time is to start early and, and do your homework if you're interested in going to these uh, these experiences. And definitely be on the lookout for Mike and I. If you see us at any of these, yeah. come out, come by, say hello. We'd love to, to meet you in person. And we may or may not be broadcasting if we, if we get to conferences together. Is that a teaser you just dropped uh, there, Mike? I, I think I did. I hope so. I hope so. That pretty much wraps things up for this episode, folks. If you have any other questions on conferences in your area or questions about how to get registered or just questions in general that you want to share with us, feel free to reach out by email. You can always reach us at openforumpod at gmail.com or you can tweet directly at the show. We are at openphysed. Um, If you have questions for Mike or I in particular, you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at physedfreak. And I am at coachmillerpe. As always, we hope to hear from you folks soon. Keep the questions and the comments coming. We love to hear from you on Facebook, on Twitter. And Twitter's been really great with the uh, the feedback. It's been really fantastic. So, so please, please, please keep it keep it coming. We definitely want to keep this show a truly open forum. 
Thanks for tuning in again, and until next time, stay active, everyone. This podcast and all of the great services provided by Open are made possible through the support of U.S. Games and BSN Sports. Every time you purchase physical education and athletic equipment through U.S. Games and BSN Sports, you are supporting a network of teachers helping teachers. Open is a public service organization. Learn more at openphyzed.org.